So today's passage comes from Mark chapter, four, uh, chapter 9, verse 14 through 29. So I'll read the scripture for us. So when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd among them and some scribes arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe, and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, what are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak, and whenever it seizes him, it dashes him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, you faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, it has often cast him into the fire and cast him into the water to destroy him. But if you're able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you are able, all things can be done for those who believe. Immediately, the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw what, what, that a crowd came running together, he rebuked this unclean spirit, saying to it, you spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he was able to stand. And when he entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, this kind can only come only through prayer. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I pray that you open our hearts and you open our minds, you open our ears, so that we may receive this word. Give me the boldness to preach. We pray all these things in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in my younger days, Reverend Jessica just said I was 31. I just turned 31 yesterday. So in my younger days, we'll say, we'll say like 15 years ago, when I was uh, 16 or so, I had this weird concept or this idea in my head that you had to be the best of Christians or the most faithful Christian to be able to pray to God or even for God to possibly hear your prayer and answer it. So as a result, I never prayed. I thought I will pray when my faith is perfect. But the funny thing is, no, nobody's faith is perfect. Everyone, no matter how strong they believe their own faith to be, will find that their faith is an imperfect one. And you know, this narrative in Mark is such a beautiful illustration of this concept that no one's faith is perfect. And through this amazing story of doubt, faith, and healing, we are reminded just how fragile our faith can be. And as Jesus and Peter and James return to the rest of the disciples in this narrative, they come face to face with the realities of a life in a fallen world, with often the imperfect faith of the followers of Jesus within it. And as we consider this account of a demon-possessed boy, a desperate father, and the imperfect disciples, we are reminded 
some of the important truths about the life of faith, which that no one's faith is perfect. You know, at the start of this passage, Jesus encounters an argumentative crowd, and he finds his disciples involved in a dispute with scribes. This is not an unusual scene, either in Jesus' time nor today. There will always be conflict and chaos. And as Jesus engages the crowd, the first to speak up is the father of the boy whose life has been ravaged by this demon possession. You know, Mark gives a lot of time to the description of the boy's pain and his father's desperation. Scripture is making sure that the reader knows the pain and the suffering that this affliction was causing the boy and his father. You know, this father came to the disciples with the hope that they could help his son. But they were unable to help, even though they had cast out demons on previous occasions. I mean, could you imagine putting yourself into the shoes of this father? I would imagine many of, here, many of you here know all this feeling much too well. You bring your child to the doctors only to tell you there's nothing that they can do. And you know, this was the exact feeling that this father had. The disciples could not cast the demons out. And now seemingly the last hope that this father had, it was gone. I mean, you wouldn't blame the father if he was feeling hopeless, his faith wavering. And as humans, our faith is not a perfect one. Jesus, perhaps sensing the helplessness of the father, he steps in and he rebukes his disciples for their lack of faith. You know, after all, these are the men that Jesus will entrust with his mission for the world. But even the disciples stumbled and were at times slow to learn. You know, we too are much like the disciples. We too can be weak in faith and too independent from God. And through this narrative, you see that these disciples are persistently weak in faith and their dependence on God is far from what it needs to be. So could you imagine Jesus' frustration in his disciples? He had just performed all these miracles and that they themselves had cast the demons out on previous occasions. Yet they still did not believe. They were still lacking in faith. Jesus, Jesus must have been thinking my friends, you have followed me and I have showed you all this and more. What are you missing? You know, just as disciples fall into this pattern, we too as Christians do this exact same thing. While God has been faithful to us, we can be so quick to doubt his goodness. You know, when the newest trials arise, we have the tendency to forget we have the tendency to forget what God has done for us in the past. We can have such a short memory. You know, a hospital bill may arise out of the blue that we may not have been, ex that we may not have been expecting. And we may go, God, why is this happening? We may even start to doubt, much like this father was starting to doubt. We forgot about the many times that God was there and provided for us. You know, we can have the tendency to look at the trials and forget the pastimes that God was faithful. 
You know, Jesus in his rebuke was reminding his disciples of this very thing. Remember the things that we have done. Remember how we have walked in ministry and performed all these great things together. Do not forget that. And I think this story that I'm about to share with you really highlights this amnesia-like forgetness, forgetfulness that we experience as uh, followers of Christ. So a man went to bed one night. Previous to that night, his life was good. He was a successful financial manager in the USA, and he had a wonderful, wonderful family. He took good care of his wife and two daughters, and he enjoyed 20 years of marriage. But upon waking the next day, something was not right. The room was spinning. He quickly ended up in the hospital, and he suffered from a serious stroke. When he woke up from his stroke, he remembered nothing of his 45 years of life. And when his wife and daughter entered the room, he had no idea who they were. You know, this is very similar to what we do with God. We forget how God has provided for us and been faithful to us. And because we have this tendency to forget the past goodness of God and to focus on the many trials in front of us, this shows that we have an imperfect faith. So let us go back to this father. Let's think about the father in our scripture for today. Here we see the power of this honest faith and sincere dependence on God. This father is at the end of his hope rope, if you will. You can imagine that this father has done everything in his power to get help for his son. And although I'm not a father, I can imagine the feeling the father might have been going through. That feeling of intense desperation to get his son the help that he needs. So he comes to Jesus because he needs this and is desperate for it. And yet, even in his desperation, there is doubt in, his, in this father. And Jesus consents this doubt. And he proceeds to call this man out. And I can just imagine the intensity in this exchange between Jesus and the father. The father, with his ears tingling, his hands trembling, his voice quivering, asks, if, if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. And you know, Jesus tells, tells this man to believe, to have confident faith. Jesus was saying to this man, there's no need to come to God with a qualifier. No, no qualifier in your request is needed. This, this father used the qualifier, if you can. But Jesus was saying, no, no, come to faith. Come to God with faith, a confident faith a faith that is confident in God and his goodness, regardless of the outcome. After all, Jesus says, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. I think this is of the most, this is of the most utmost importance to note. Because in the scripture, God is not saying that, I mean, the scripture is not saying that God will grant us anything that we ask for. God will not grant us anything that we ask for if we ask with enough faith. That is not what the scripture is saying. God is not some sort of vending machine that will dispense if we put enough money into it or if we put enough prayer into it or if we put enough faith to, into it. That's not how God works. No, Jesus is simply calling the Father and us 
to come to God in faith, to come knowing that God is able and nothing is impossible for him. God will never answer, I cannot do it, because God can do all things. So we as humans with an imperfect faith should strive for this confident faith. After this exchange with Jesus, the Father answers with the most relatable answer I can think of. I believe, but help my unbelief. The Father's confession is a confession of faith, and the cry for help is one I think all of us have one form or another gone through. You know, I think even the most faithful Christians on their best days are people of imperfect faith. This father was stating, I do believe, but I also have unbelief. So Jesus, stand in that gap and help my unbelief. This father realized his doubt, his weakness, and he comes to Jesus. So we too in our weakness and doubt should come to God. So I implore us to take the example from this passage and to come to God with the faith that we have or the faith that we can muster and then come to God and to ask for increased faith. You know, God hears our prayers even when our faith is not all there. All God is asking for us to do is to make that step in that direction of believing and to simply just come to him. You know, you can come with more doubt than you have faith. But this story is saying, even if you believe a little, come. Your faith does not need to be perfect because we are not perfect beings. We do not have perfect faith. We have an imperfect one. But if you come, all things are possible for the ones who believe. And to conclude this message, as one desperate believer in their darkest times once said, our faith and willingness does not need to be perfect because Jesus is. Amen. Thank you.